Welcome to Stop, Hack, and Roll, a podcast about dodging the killing blow of an animatronic bear, accidentally knocking off your glasses and, and your hair out of its bun so that you come up smoldering. I'm James. And I'm Brandon. Today we'll be talking about what makes Hot Librarian such a fire game, and whether a mascot horror game requires recording audio logs. Man, hard to believe. First episode of 2021. <laughs> Yeah, it's it feels like just yesterday that it was 2020. Uh, it, I just I like remembered believe. that I remembered that stupid bit like as you were saying I'm gonna hit record and it that's just good. That's good. happened. Uh, and that's actually something that we might end up talking a little bit about. And we'll probably talk about that next yeah, I think episode next week, in next terms time. of weird goals. and yeah goals and everything like that. But you told me there's something you'd my, like that you right. play that you want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So my goals this year will really shock you. They're, goal, they're very different from last year. My goal for next year, <laughs> spoilers, is <laughs> to stop doing the first episode of 2021 over and over again. Ooh, <laughs> I got bad news for you on that one. Uh, are we gonna keep? Are we gonna keep going? Okay. I don't um, know. Yeah, Pro- we'll probably stop. We'll probably stop. We got to stop at some point. Yeah, yeah. I have a, a game I want to talk about. Cool. Let's um, talk. So, I played Hot Librarians, which is yes. a game that I've wanted to play for a long time and just have not found the right moment. And I feel like maybe we talked about it back in the day when it came out. Probably. I think that we did. Probably last week, but a thousand years ago. I, I feel like two. we talked about it in the context of like, this game is very like fun looking and super cool and you should be able to sell it and uh right now you wouldn't be able to sell it but then that later changed during the year they were they were they were always able to sell it you were i mean yeah they were always able to sell it but copyright is is a lie uh yeah people can't own ideas man yeah um but (laughs) but this episode is not about the core the awful cortex rpg license no oh my god (laughs) I could talk about that though, yeah. um, but let's not. But no, let's talk about Hot Librarians. Because so I have, because I have, I've played Hot Librarians, and it has, it has been a minute since I played Lasers and Feelings. But I yeah. did go back and review the rules, and I think that it, that Hot Librarians is a better game. Nice. Which is uh, me throwing down my flag. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, I have so, read Hot Librarians ages ago, but I haven't revisited it anytime recently. And have not played it yet. So let me let me tell you quickly the key things that I, that are so key things that are about it. Let's um, first uh, call out where you can get it. And yeah. So it's who, it's made by our, our good friend Quill of uh, Quintessential Gaming uh, or Q underscore Game underscore Design on Twitter. The uh, itch is Quintessential Gaming dot itch dot io. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a lazy and feelings game. So it's it's a one page game, but it's it's a well put together one page game, um, and the vibe is just <laughs> is perfect. <laughs> um, you are playing hot librarians. Um, it is actually so it's really interesting. So the group that I played this with, we have been playing Urban Shadows, and we're about to start playing Pasiones Pasion de las Pasiones. And this sits so perfectly right in the middle <laughs> um, that it's just really good. That's awesome. Because uh, pl- the idea is that you play a librarian 
Um, and that every librarian has kind of like, so the, so you, the things that you choose are like a specialization, you get a, a librarian power, which can be like shushing people or super speed reading. Um, awesome. And everyone has a hot thing. Like, is, are your clothes hot? Are your glasses hot? Do you have a, is your hair hot? Do you have a pencil or do you Perfect. do something with a pencil that's hot? Um, and writing the <laughs> writing tabletop games, the hot thing <laughs> The hot, your hot thing is what makes this game better than Lasers and Feelings. Okay, awesome. How does that, so, how does the hot thing work? So, to talk about dice rolling really quick. In Lasers and Feelings, because it's connected. In Lasers and Feelings. <laughs> you, you don't need to convince me that we should do like an in-depth dive into the mechanics of a game. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is why it's, we're it, gathered here today. I will admit it feels a little bit weird because we're going to talk about the whole game. But you should still go buy it and play it. Um, but laser, so in lasers and feelings, when you are doing something, so you have a number, um, I'm going to assume largely people are know about lasers and feelings. You choose a number between two and five, you're rolling D sixes. If you roll, you're using, uh, I guess I'm not going to assume people are going to explain it. You're you're going to try to roll over your number. If you're using feeling, if you're doing a feely thing and you're trying to roll lower, if you're doing a lasers thing, I'm going to dissemble for a little bit before I actually answer this question, but yeah. (laughs) And you you get one die for doing the thing. You get one die if you're prepared, and you get one die if you're an expert. Um, I have some beef with that because that it's you're supposed to be playing like a Star Trekky type game, and that yeah. does not feel very Star Star Trekky to me. Like you should get an like if you're if we're playing a Star Trek game, like my re my rewrite of Lasers and Feelings would be like you should get one die if you're doing it, one die if you have if there's no other option. Okay, and like one die if. Uh, you like I, I don't even know like if you like uh, but like characters in Star Trek I guess I guess if if it's uh if it's in your uh in your field like if you're a science officer and you're doing a science thing okay. you should get a die which, which I think that is what the to, expert one is I guess and that is yeah. what uh hot librarians does too okay um I I just don't associate Star Trek characters with being successful because they're prepared. <laughs> Right. Um, I I associate them as being successful because they have no other choice because the the crystal entity is about to eat their spaceship and they have to. Um, But here's the thing. So when you roll your number exactly, what you get is a laser feeling, which is special insight into the whatever is going on. And you get to ask the GM a question. Yeah. Which I find really boring. (laughs) Um, I don't, again, it's weird that like, you're sp- you're so you're trying to encourage players to be experts on things and be prepared and you want them to ask questions and none yeah. of those things are like things again that I associate with Star Trek and maybe my Star Trek is weird but uh so no, we contrary- all watch the same contract Luke, uh the same we all watch the same Star Trek Luke Skywalker Han Solo yeah yeah, yeah. baby Shooting Yoda the, turning off your targeting computer yeah uh Malcolm they're Reynolds. not prepared yeah, um, none of these guys are prepared they're all in no. Star Trek so the way that li- ha- ha- the way that hot librarians changes things is that you have a hot state, I guess okay. I'll call it. Um, so your hot thing is either active or inactive, <laughs> and which, which amazing. is which is which is amazing because every time you explain <laughs> these rules to someone, you get to say, "Is your hot thing active?" Um, Perfect, which is so good, and that That's is amazing. basically that is the. When your hot thing is active, you've pulled the the pencil out of your hair and your bun has fallen down and you've taken off your glasses or your shirt is coming open a little bit and you're in like hot mode. Yeah. Um, or 
if it's if your hot thing is inactive, then you've put your hair back up in a bun, you've put your glasses back on, you put a sweater over your yourself, uh, and you're not doing hot stuff, or you're not it, as hot. It, it's deeply in deeply invested in that librarian trope. Yeah, yeah. And when you roll your number, it changes. Oh, okay, okay. So you have no control over whether your hot thing is active or not. You don't always have to do smoldering, so you're trying to do smoldering stuff or bookish stuff, and okay. and that's your roll high or roll low. So good, I know. And so you basically the way that that the way that dice rolling in hot librarians works is you get one die for doing it, you get one die if it relates to your specialization, which is like graphic novels, mystery poems, research. It's which Perfect. part of the library do you work in? Yeah, and then you get one die if you're doing smoldering stuff when your hot thing is active. Or okay. you get one die if you're doing bookish stuff when your hot thing is not active. So it encourages you to like bounce back and forth depending upon your state. Yeah, that's and lean cool. in that's and cool. lean, it, it encourages you to lean into if your hot thing is active and you're and you're being hot, you should do hot things, do smoldering things. Um and and so yeah, and I and I love that you don't have control over whether your hot thing is active. It just happens when you roll your number. And of course then the the great part about that is that if your hot thing is active and you're leaning into doing smoldering things, you're going to get more dice, which means yeah. you're more likely to roll the number and have it flip. So that you're constantly swapping back and forth. That's yeah. excellent. It's so good. And it leads to so many great moments where like uh, in, in the game that I ran, one of the librarians, uh, had, had, without getting into the whole crazy plot, an old lady had tried to push him off of, uh, the second story bal- like, uh, uh, balcony, um, and he rolled successfully to try to, like, hang on, but okay. it triggered his hot thing, and his hot thing was his clothing, and so his shirt stuck in like a, a splinter on the wooden railing and tore his shirt off and then he was hanging from the railing uh, without a shirt on. Which is exactly what you want to do in one of these like over yeah. the top. Yeah. The, and there like were, these there over were the so top many t- single page games. Yeah. Like you just want to play it as over the top as possible. Just there were so many it. times when like somebody like when like the the um the the door to the library the revolving door turned and wind blew in and let somebody's hair down or pushed their hair back up or something like that it was so great and and then and then the the plot uh hooks which the plot hooks in 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 lasers things are good the plot hooks in in uh hot librarians are great i ended up uh running that there was a very nice elderly woman who wanted to ritually consume a tome of ancient secrets um, but it was busy being, uh, it was, it was read by someone else. And so there became this big, like, there was kind of a, a good guy, bad guy. Who are they going to try to help? Uh, cause you're, yeah. And then you're always trying to decide whether or not you're trying to help one party or another in okay. whatever conflict there is. Which makes um, sense. Yeah. And so yeah. they decided that they did not like the elderly woman who was trying to eat the book <laughs> of ancient secrets. Uh, that checks out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then you get a power, like you, your power is cool. Like you did, you do cool things. The, uh, one of the librarians had a, you can't have that in here power. And when she saw the older woman had, uh, a plate and silverware, which she was going to use to eat the book. <laughs> she said, you can't have those in here and rolled so well that the, the fork and spoon and, and dish grew, uh, legs and ran away. <laughs> perfect and like that kind of gonzo play is 
only encouraged by having like a yeah. game that is quick and fun and like works functionally. Yeah. And honestly, I got to say the swapping the swapping the uh the hot attribute on and off totally seems like it would work way quicker than laser feelings. Yeah. And I've, I've it, always and felt I, like laser it feels very slow. consequential. Like it yeah. radically changes the way gameplay is happening. Yeah. In a way that the laser feelings role does not. Versus um, laser feelings, which sometimes feels like I could have just asked this out of out yeah. of a role yeah. and still gotten the information. Yeah. And I found yeah. that the players were doing were like it, it was an incentive in a way that the laser feelings role is not because yeah uh i found that the players were like trying to do things to roll dice because it meant that they would have a chance to trigger the hot thing or not on or off which in a way that like yeah which is fun yeah. and changes the story in a way that like you're not doing that to like get an answer to a question in, it's, in it's almost feelings. in lasers and feelings it's almost like Oh, now I need to roll. That's a bad thing because you've been like, successful up until then. The laser feelings thing, in particular, too, is like it's just like a, um, it's like a, it's an extra bonus to you've you happen to have r- rolled this number. It's not like yeah. something you're trying to trigger. It's yeah. just like a consequence. It's a it's a byproduct. Whereas the hot thing turning on or off is, it's great. It's hilarious. It hits the genre so well, um, and. It was just, it was hilarious. Every every moment of this game was great, and I highly recommend it. And I think that, I think that making, hitting that number something that triggers a state on or off is like, yeah. is a much more interesting mechanic in a small game that doesn't have a lot of mechanics. And it just worked really well for me. And I really that, liked that. That almost gives me, like, um, uh, Swords Without Master vibes. With, like, the melancholy and joyful die yeah i don't know much about swords without masters oh well swords without masters can be found in volume one issue three of worlds without masters which is uh the meme about it uh it's by epi uh it's a, uh, it's like a sword sword and yeah sorcery sword and sandals kind of thing with uh, uh conan-y stuff It's not worth going fully into, right? I mean, yeah, not yeah, yeah. not because it's a bad game or anything like that. I I really like Swords of the Masters. <laughs> Just saying that that uh that kind of like mood setting, tone setting kind of feel with that seem is like a really cool, good tech to have. Yeah, yeah, and it led to some really funny, like really funny, unexpected moments because like really your your hot thing can turn on and off whenever and so yeah. like, one of the characters was trying to had captured the book that the old woman was trying to eat and was trying to hide and yeah. so she was the librarian for the children's section so she had run up to the children's section found the tent that they have set up for reading stories to children had crawled inside and was rolling to like see how well she had gotten away and hidden triggered her hot thing and suddenly she was just smoldering inside this tent by herself <laughs> And then when they and when they came and found her later, she was just like disheveled and and uh, uh, and yeah, smoldering instead of instead of just cowering in fear or hiding or whatever. It was it was really it was just like unexpected and That's interesting. Delightful. Yeah, it was just it just created a lot of really good moments, and that's like I think I think that for. Uh, a one-page game like this for of like a light yeah. kind of rules-like game saying it created a lot of really good moments is like really i think high praise yeah definitely 
Awesome. So, uh, be sure to check out hot. Be sure to check out hot librarians. Yeah, from Brandon the library. says in a unintentional triple entendre. <laughs> yeah, I used to work at a library. Yeah, I was not a librarian. It's, no. That takes like an actual schooling thing. Mm, yeah, I was a. I was a. I was a page of the book. What we were called. Yeah, of libraries. Yeah, it's uh I don't know if that's across the across. Did you the sign your name board. in the book of libraries? Giving I don't your soul know what that to the devil. Oh, I don't know. Uh, yes, no, but there was a haunting that okay. turned out to be somebody oh, right. just living in an attic. Oh yeah, I remember that story. It it was so it's so scary. Libraries. <laughs> anyway, they're important. Is, support them. Yeah, fun. Please support your local libraries. Some local libraries will take uh, role playing games and have little role playing game sections. Nice. Uh, I intend to check if mine does when, uh, when there's no longer a pandemic. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. So, now that so that's, that's really thoroughly all I have to say dated about that. us where we are. Um, let's see. Did I have anything else? Oh, I'm, <laughs> I I want to just very briefly, because I'm doing a very stupid thing. Okay. But, hey, being completely on brand, I'm doing a very stupid thing in a role playing game. Um, <laughs> does it involve the moon? <laughs> <laughs> uh it involves a moon but not the moon okay okay um, I was not that, sure how much you were on brand <laughs> no that my my campaign Dinosaurs? where we uh where we where i was the moon and we kidnapped Katy perry uh just completed actually so okay. it had a really nice, good ending nice. okay. um but uh oh, here we go i want to show you <laughs> this so i'm playing um this is just not really a game design thing. I just want to talk about a cool thing that I think that I'm doing. Um, I'm, we're about to start playing. Uh, I'm about to start playing a sort of casual uh, beam saber game, uh, okay. which I'm excited about because yeah. uh, I've wanted to play beam saber for again for a long time. Um, and I am so I'm playing one of the newer, weirder playbooks where okay. I'm playing the hive. So I'm a group of of pilots who have merged into a hive mind and then all pilot one mech together. Wow, kind of Power okay. Rangers style. Cool. Um, and so oh, I see. I, I I thought you meant like like bees. Well, I mean, so they're not they're not literally bees. They're people, but they all okay. like they all they all like share a, a like a, a neural link. Like they are. Oh, they do. I'm, okay. I'm I, okay. like functionally, I'm playing one character. Okay, they just that has they a shared neural have, link with a bunch of bodies. Yeah, and so okay. I did the the normal thing that you would do in that scenario, which is I created six characters, <laughs> and then I spent some time merging them together into one personality. Wow! And so <laughs> I want to show you this. <laughs> I made a, I made a, I I took uh, oh, all the oh characters boy. and I ranked them on a bunch of personality traits, and then I sort of did some math to figure out how that would all interact with each other. Um, oh my god! And I have built a character out of this, um, and I will maybe tweet a picture of this tomorrow. That is uh, hilarious and bizarre. Yeah, and so I actually the way that I did this was I had a I had some rough idea of how I wanted the characters to like what how many I knew how many characters I I wanted, and I had some rough okay. idea of what they were doing. But then I uh i actually rolled all these characters randomly using the um central casting one of the old central casting books literally right about to say this looks like central casting (laughs) yeah and so i did that um kind of dodging some of the weirder stuff in that and 
um, and established these characters. This was the hit, and those were the histories that I then. So I like came up with histories for the characters, and then set up like I, I created a, like a one single belief for each of them, and then I used Incredible. those character bios to then answer like how warm are they, how technically intelligent they are, how assertive are they, how how like how confident and distrusting are they, et cetera, et cetera. And then I merged them all into one character, which I'm still working on a name for, which looks like um, one of those Pokemon uh, ability charts. <laughs> Yeah, I turned it into a little radar chart, if, if you're familiar with radar charts. Yeah, I guess charts. you could call it. Uh, um, otherwise known as a Pokemon ability chart for those yeah. people that only like cool stuff. Um, and so that is the the weird thing that I am doing. Um, that's phenomenal. That's gonna be, it's going to be a fun game because we're like unintentionally telling a story about people who like about what it means to be a person because I am six people who have merged into one person <laughs> and we have like an AI who is trying to be a real person. Okay. Or has like gained sentience, and yeah. then we have like a a person who is trying to replace their body with more computer parts and like become a robot, and then we have a pirate captain. Of course, and, and the the question of whether someone is a pirate or a person is yeah. is one that has long plagued society. Are, are we human? Out. Are we dancer? Are we are, are we pirate? Human? Are we pirate? <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my fun new. I my last in my in one in a previous game that I just wrapped up where I was playing the moon I was an individual who used to be part of a hive mind who is now no longer part of a hive mind and now I'm playing a game where I'm playing a bunch one hive mind that used to be a bunch of individual characters. So you're just deeply in like that hive mind exploration I, I, state, right? Yeah, now. I don't know why it's very interesting to me. So that's fine. We'll a little see. upset. I'm I am all for like little obsessions. I feel like that should be like a thing. Yeah. That there's like a word for and, and tabletop role playing. I'm sure there's a German <laughs> word for little obsessions. <laughs> um, but uh, and tabletop role playing games are like really good for that. Yeah, because you can just do your little obsession for a little while, and then mm-hmm. and then when you're done with it, you just blip. It's done. Yeah. So, so that's me. <laughs> Speaking that's of little I've, obsessions, so I, have, I have done. I have done no no game design. Just I wanted to comment on some games I'm playing recently. But yeah, speaking of little obsessions. Yeah, so so first off, uh, I've done I've done relatively little game design over the past two weeks. It's been um, uh, just a, a busier time at work, and then uh, just some life stuff and everything like that. Passion continues always. Yeah, uh, to take first billing. Uh, but after that, I, I you know how I wrote a game in October where like I just kind of became obsessed with a concept and just had to do it. Yeah. I might be doing it again because I've got another Uh-oh. concept that I'm like desperately chasing. What's the concept? Uh, I so uh, I was watching a stream yeah. of a show, a game called oh, what is it? Poppy's Playtime. Uh, turns okay. out Poppy's Playtime is now getting into NFTs. So like, Ooh. forget about those guys. But the concept and the theming still interests me, um, which is this genre that I did not know was a, I knew was a genre. I didn't know it had a name of mascot horror. Uh, mascot horror is like five nights at Freddy's, uh, or like evil Chuck E. Cheese stuff or like Uh, the most recent house of Regulus Brody and city comics, uh, episode, a touchstone. Everyone has. Yes, exactly. Um, I thought for a second that a touchstone everyone has was the name of the episode. You can cut that. Sorry. (laughs) No, that was like, a good oh name, my though. gosh, that was, that I was, was just being quick. sassy, snarky. Yeah, yeah. 
more or less, I kind of got like I started thinking about that and thinking about ways you could make that fun. And I think I need to write a game about it. Okay. Um, and so like to kind of break down what is this genre? Um, you are stuck for some reason in a Chuck E. Cheese, essentially. You know, you're in like a, a some kind of yeah. kids toy factory or like place that it's all like joyful imagery and everything like that. Uh, the episode is actually called I Met the Wolf Alone and Was Devoured in Peace. I looked it <laughs> There up. we go. There we go. That that feels much more like uh like the titles for us of Regulus. But so basically you are then trying to like put things together and like figure stuff out in order to get out of it. And you are being uh haunted and devoured <laughs> and killed by uh mascot creatures, like Chuck E. Cheese style mascot yeah. creatures. Um, it sounds and I like thought that'd the, be fun. It sounds like the weirdest uh, quantum leap plot ever. <laughs> like you're just jumping from from animatronic restaurant to animatronic restaurant, trying to put wrong right what things that what went or once went wrong, ho- hoping that every jump is the the ne- the next jump is the one home and out yeah, of the yeah. animatronic restaurant. I'm not gonna make a littlest hobo joke. <laughs> Littlest hobo animatronic would be way too sad. Uh, There's like a uh, uh, what's the what's the what are those movies about escape rooms? There's like an escape room series now. It's kind of like Saw. It's got, yeah, too. that kind of vibe, right? Um, and like like I, I don't think I want it to be like full on. I think more escape room, less Saw specifically. I don't know that I feel. understand what like. What is the gameplay there? Like, I don't, I don't I've never, It's not a genre that I know of. So maybe for me and the other listeners who, who yeah. aren't familiar, like, what, what happened? Other than the one episode of, of House of Regulus that we did, like, what <laughs> happens in that session? Is there, is there enough content there, story-wise, to, like, know. make a game? I, I think so. Maybe. I'm not sure. So usually what it is, is it is a mix of picking up information and lore uh, through, like putting stuff together and like through things that are either in the environment or like our audio files and stuff like that and um completing like different puzzles and like going and like get this thing from here and turn it off and then go bring it to this other place um and like needless to say in most of these games it's done solo uh Is bioshock one of these games <laughs> wait <laughs> <laughs> you're alone you're trapped in a we'll say restaurant there's a large animatronic man chasing you well and the villains all wear like bunny masks right and you're and you're picking up uh audio logs to learn about the history of what happened low-key it's not that far off to be honest (laughs) except that it gives you like a gun um yeah and like most of most mascot horror doesn't give you that um but it's just like any other slasher movie, kind of, you know, that you're trying to get your stuff together and get out. And then in most of the video games, the concept is that you're like gaining skill and learning where the where the villain comes out from and everything like that. Uh, which uh, there are games that have you die over and over again in the same story. And it might be possible to do something like that. But at that point, I j- might just like ask, like, OK, then why not just play cheat your own adventure? But so I'm starting to like get some ideas together and I'd, I'd love to just kind of chat through some of it with you and see. Yeah, let's do it. So we'll see. Cause I'm not super, I'm not super deep in that genre, but we can, 
but I can I can help where I where I can. Yeah, but you you, you were on episode two of Stop Back and Roll where we <laughs> talked about Fuzzy on Noah's Fuzzy That's true. <laughs> I've actually um, been on uh, 123 episodes of Stop Back and Roll where dang, I really? didn't know anything about anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. You know about space and dinosaurs and the moon. Yeah. Um. So kind of like there there is an element of like what you asked of are you, is there enough of a game there yeah um that is maybe like kind of a question and it's like i think i need to kind of figure out where that gameplay is and i think some of it has to do with doing some character relationship stuff um i think that this won't really work for me as a solo game i was yeah. really tempted to make it as a like a <laughs> a journaling solo game that you get hunted by a hunted by a creature and fail and get cut up and everything. Uh, but I think that what I want to do is do like a fiasco style relationship role at the beginning mm-hmm. and like get characters to have like really complicated relationships to each other that maybe like informs them of some goals that they're trying to do. So yeah, it's like that was the, the, um, Fiasco is an interesting touch point because my ne- my first question was gonna be like how much how much framework do you think the game needs to have to like move people through? Yeah, like are you moving from room to room? Like what's the what's the pacing mechanic? I think I like the idea of moving from room to room, um, but like I don't think I don't think it's like a grid thing. Yeah, you know? no. Like I think it's like an area based. Like you know we're in the the entry hall we're in the ball pit we're in the uh staff room in the back we're, we're in, in the, the taco bell we're in the pizza hut we're in the taco bell we're in the pizza hut we're in the uh weird underground grotto that doesn't seem like it should exist uh and so i think that part of it is just making scenario like i think that that there needs to be some like procedural rolling for scenarios um that just says like, you know, okay, so we got to, we were here in the, in the staff room where they like, you know, where people get ready to go out and stuff. Uh, we found the locker that has the handwritten note that gives us some information. Uh, and now we roll on some tables to figure out what we need to get next and then have like players moving together or apart from each other, uh, to try to get those different goals. And it's like, okay, we need to turn off a switch that is here, here, and here. Uh, and then have like story, story framed in part by, by like the roles that we're doing. Uh, and like have like kind of like meters, maybe so like some meters of stress and injury that we can kind of play with. And, uh, and then I think, each of the mascots I think is like an interchangeable thing that you have. Like we've got these three baddies mm-hmm. that like have a special effect of some kind. I'm trying to think about it's pretty how... loose at this point. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been trying to think while you were talking about how you could have, um, how could you have, I really like you were saying it's not a single player game. And I was thinking about, um, could it be a two-player, like asymmetric game where you have, oh, like, maybe not, not maybe not quite play by post, yeah. But I just really like the idea of 
I like the idea of uh, somebody who's playing a game to escape from an animatronic restaurant and yeah. someone who is recording audio logs. Interesting. If okay, if it were um if it were if it were a one player game. Yeah. I don't know that it is. You would have to have a mechanic by which you recorded audio logs as an artifact to then pass to someone you recommend to play the game. Oh, that's really slick. For, for them to discover. Yeah. And maybe even like that. maybe even if it's a uh if it's a it's a multiplayer game, maybe you yeah. still record audio logs for yourself. And that then could be while really someone else is playing, like just have like a shared Google Drive somewhere for people to zip a whole bunch of files and upload. And then <laughs> you'd have like a standard number of of uh audio logs. And then they could listen to them while they were playing. That's really fascinating. That's something I would definitely not have thought of. But like, I think that there is something to be said for little audio log things. I think that they're in a lot of, you know, yeah. single player horror games. And that could be yeah. really fascinating. Because I just mm. love it. I love I love it. I love it as an aesthetic thing. Like the yeah. like like uh what's the like ten candles. Like you're sitting around is it 10 candles? It's some number of candles. I should know this. It's uh, uh, 16 candles? No, I don't think that's it. It's a <laughs> that, little less 16 candles? Um, you're sitting around, you're setting the atmosphere by by uh, having candles there. And I love the idea of like people sitting around a table with lights dimmed and someone pulls out their phone and, and hits play on an audio log from their yeah. friends, from like a, a previous group that played. That is very cool. Mm, now I got to figure out if there's a way that I can make that fit in the way that I had thought. Well, that's what I'm here for, to make things difficult. Yeah, thanks, James. Thanks for making this difficult. <laughs> <laughs> because cause you could, if you were playing live with somebody, mm -hmm. and one person's job was to escape, and the other person's job was to make audio files then you're playing two different characters in two different times. Yeah. Where one of you is playing having... I mean, that could scale up, like... Infinitely. <laughs> yeah. If you have five people sitting around the table, you're all playing escaping from... You're playing. You're all playing different characters in different times, escaping, leaving hints for oh each other God. as audio logs. <laughs> Which you are literally like stepping out of the room to record and then for coming back and passing your phone around or something like that. <laughs> that seems complicated. Yeah. Just for file management. Yeah. <laughs> but to like, like just simplifying it, if it was two, one person is there for the inciting incident, the discovery of things going bad, right? Uh, they are maybe the person who worked on, who built the animatronics. They're the person who did summon the weird demons or made a evil AI or whatever. And then the other person is live now trying to escape. Yeah. And so what is happening at the table 
is one player moving rapidly towards their own demise because the the audiophile character has clearly been killed by animatronics. Yeah. You know, like there's there's yeah, no yeah. <laughs> there's there's no way that didn't happen. No. While the other is trying to get their way out. That's kind of fascinating. Could you do it with um three characters or three players? Like one person is playing the animatronic, one person is playing the person who died and making the audio logs, and one person is the is the person trying to to escape right now. Like an anyone can wear the mask. Yeah, you could almost do show, it. You could, you could almost do it uh, two or three players. Yeah, I think that I think there's a possibility of that. Okay. So. So I guess what that means is that the the player who is going first, the one who is back in time, mm-hmm. uh, is something they are doing is setting difficulties for the player who's in the current day. Yeah, because other because otherwise you're because you can't have things affect backwards directly right it's almost um you're almost playing with like two two storytellers two gms yeah you don't because you'd almost want i mean that's why you could almost do it with one or two characters like or two players two or three players sorry um because you'd want you'd want the, the person from the past and the animatronic monster to sort of work together yeah definitely um so maybe it's some kind of an oracle system for the player in the past. You know, okay. If the assumption is that the player in the present is trying to get out and the player in the past is trying to help them, maybe there's X number of things that need to happen mm-hmm. or like X number of like victory points, whatever, that need to be achieved. And the person in the past is setting those victory point conditions up in order to help the player in the present to make it. So like they're going like, uh, I have 20 points that the player needs to earn. Eventually I'm going to make this an easy task because I know that will help them with their, their stat loadout, you know, like their, uh, Mm. their character abilities uh, but that does mean that over time we're going to need to spend the rest of these also. With, I think, the added complication that I think I want to make it to the animatronics kind of like wander uh, and have an effect on your roles when you are in the room with them. Yeah. Yeah. So like uh if there are if there's five rooms, there's maybe three animatronics. And so you want to not be in the rooms with them. Moving around room to room is not getting things done. Yeah, I, I don't I think I don't know enough about this genre to like really be helpful, but I I like the I I like the idea of sort of playing off the past and the present yeah. through audio logs. Yeah, I think that's definitely interesting. 
I, I think that the, we'd be seeing like really asymmetric uh, gameplay. Like maybe that the person, the person in the past is almost playing like a wretched and alone style game. Yeah, like, that, like, like they're it, answering questions in an oracle. They're yeah, they're answering questions. They're they're maybe interacting with points that the GM has, and then they're like yeah. stepping out to go record us another thing, an audio log every once in a while, and then come back and or just recording like whether they're recording or not, saying it in the room. That's fair. If, with the other player, you know, like they could I just, just like, record it. I just like the idea of the player having to listen to an audio log. There's definitely something there. Yeah. Um, making it like a play by post style thing. Um, and possibly something there in terms of, uh, making it something that somebody could roll the things ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that makes it very interesting because again, it could be, um, Hmm. They can't help the other player as much. No, but that's where, um, that's where having it be one, um, having it be two players. Okay. Having it be two players and having the audio logs be kind of more like the equivalent of a play set. Mm, yeah. Could work where you as a GM would like create or get a, a folder that had a bunch of questions, some animatronics and some audio logs. And you'd have to, I mean, we'd have to have some mecha- pacing mechanic to parse out those to dole logs. them out. Yeah. Yeah. To dole those logs out. But yeah. like, and you'd be, you'd be, you would, you as the GM would, would know what happened to the person in the past. Yeah. Um, because you're getting like the, you get, you get the playbook, the story, the thing that tells you what happened. Yeah. And then, so you could play off of that live. Like you'd ha- almost have to do that if you were, I mean, you have to do it in a way where the the GM could, or the villain player, knew what was happening in the audio logs if they were going to really, yeah, like know, weave things in and everything. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, I don't know. I, which is the, I mean, the other way is you have to do it live, and you have to have the the player who is recording the logs be there to like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just really, li- I really like the idea of a game. However many number of people people it is has artifacts. It like creates artifacts that other people can use as an input in their in their playthrough. Yeah, definitely. That is always a really interesting thing to look at. Um, it's it's always a tough thing too, just figuring out like the balance of what information you need to have and everything like that. Um, yeah. but I guess really if if the if the Oracle situation is creating the gameplay is basically creating the tasks that need to happen. There's no reason you couldn't even solo listen to the audio log. It tells you what you need to do. It tells you what numbers you need to roll at the end of it. Uh, or in an attached text file, whatever. Yeah. And then you move from space to space and, and do the thing. Yeah, I mean, I think that we're. It feels like we're sort of at a. Um, 
a flux point where you've kind of got to decide like is this a game for five for four or five people to play yeah. together <laughs> is this a game for one person to play or is this sort of like a uh two or three person game a la anyone can wear the mask yeah i mean it could also be two or three pe- person and also like a traditional style uh everyone live playing yeah oh that's interesting Man, I'm stuck. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they're all, they all feel like valid paths to take. Yeah, definitely. There's a part of me that's like, what is easiest? Just because I need to get the idea done and out <laughs> of my head. <laughs> but that's probably not the best way to do game design. <laughs> so I think that that there are definitely some things that this tells us the game needs to have. We need to have some kind of lore generation thing in it or pre-written lore but like you know i think that it is more fun to have lore procedurally created in it in some way yeah 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 Um, like i like the idea of it being like question prompt driven yeah yeah agreed uh and then there's probably some kind of task system you know like uh, if we're thinking of this as being like, th- there's some, there's again, with all so many of my games lately, some like vague betrayal at house on the hill vibes. Yeah. Of like going to this location, having to roll to do a thing where it's like, maybe okay. you're like searching, searching the lockers to find something and then having an animatronic in the room would have an effect of some kind yeah. up to and including yeah, what do the the I mean the animatronics are not like usually actively posing a threat, right? Like Oh no, they're straight up killing you. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh yeah, in the in the games they usually just straight up kill you. Okay. Um probably with an RPG I wouldn't make it so that the animatronic seeing you once means you've died. <laughs> because, yeah. you know. Uh but it, it's very funny that this is like a genre that I've been seeing a ton of stuff from and that you've have zero knowledge I have, zero, of. I have so little knowledge of it like i know that it's a thing yeah i'm very i'm very familiar with bioshock um <laughs> which is in, not a very great example for but it, it kind it's of is a... though like the big daddies show up and they get you usually or you have to run yeah but like you can fight not like... really you're not really supposed to i don't think hmm that might be. I, I'll admit but I've not played Bioshock for a yeah. very long time. I, I am really on board with the with the um, turn betrayal in the house in the hill into a, a role playing game, though. Like, yeah. I really like the idea <laughs> of like, okay, if you just sort of strip out a lot of the stuff, the board gaminess of it, functionally, yeah. kind of what you're doing is like drawing a card or doing a mecha- engaging a mechanic to design a room. Yeah, and then engaging another mechanic to in- to figure out what is weird or what is the challenge of that room. Yeah, and so like in a in a GM'd game, if you I mean you could do it with card prompts, but you could just do like uh, ask a question, like ask a series of questions about the room. What does the room look like? Why? What is its purpose? And yeah. then and then another set of questions that you could always mix and match to say what is what's going on here what's the what's the thing what's the, what do you have to solve 
how do you do yeah. that, et cetera. Yeah, and I think that just like you don't need to have like it. You can have it mapped out if you'd like, but you could just as easily have it like just listed uh, where people are. Yeah, um, and then like having a mechanic by which you move from one one room to another room. You know, like if you're moving from a room with no animatronics in it to a room with no animatronics in it, then you walk. You just go. You move. It's not a problem. Uh, but like by you moving, an action has occurred and things move is kind of like, sort of like the vague turn structure that I'm kind of seeing. Cause like, I wonder fiasco has kind of like turns like that, that it yeah. goes around the circle. Yeah. I wonder if you could almost merge, um, I wonder if you could merge fiasco and for the queen. Okay. Where you, you know have- what's very funny? I was sitting here going, I wonder if I could merge Fiasco and this Discord has ghosts in it. I, I mean, I thought about that too. I'm not <laughs> as familiar with those rules. But like in For the Queen, you, you're you're drawing cards to, or you're selecting an, or, and describing a queen. And then there's a yeah. series. And so like, I could see that, like I could see you taking the, the, the deck of queen art and replacing it with a, with a bunch of animatronic monsters. Um, and having like an evocative cast of characters that you could draw and select and then a series of questions, but those questions feel like they're more for the GM, whereas then you're setting or the, or the questions are there for the person creating the audio logs. Okay. And the, the, um, and then you're sort of initiating fiasco style scenes where you're selecting scenes with each other and then managing those relationships. What if, okay, what if it is, because th- th- I think you, you've you got something there that, like, that makes sense to me, that, like, you're asking questions and, like, working that out. Mm-hmm. What if fia- your fiasco style, you've got your characters, you've got your relationships, you're trying to do the thing together, and you jointly control this character from the past, and you jointly provide information from this character from the past. Mm-hmm. And so then, like, there is an oracle that builds, uh, an oracle, by the way, is uh, a bunch of cards and or dice that uh, you, yeah. you roll or draw and it gives you a question or it gives you a prompt. Well, um, so the other thing is, just to interject really yeah. quickly, in, in the Fiasco play format, you're always building scenes that have some num- some subset of the players and yeah. there are players left over who are sort of who then judge the scene. But if yeah. you did it in the format of the you have some set of set, some subset of the players in the scene and the other players are the ones creating the audio logs. Yeah, that could very functionally fix that. Um or even just like when you finish a task, you get a new audio log that has is given by game mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, because oh, you're right. Because part of fiasco is that like kind of a rating after after scenes, yeah, mm. which drives like how bad things are falling apart. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I've still got a lot more thinking to do on this. I yeah, think. yeah, I think so. But there's it's a pretty unbaked a, there's idea. There's a core there. Yeah, and I think it would be really fun to like sit down and like grab a couple of weird mascots 
and just be like, okay, we're being hunted by these three today. Let's roll up our characters and go. Uh, and yeah. then like move them around and different people have different effects going on and stuff like that. It's making me wish like, I don't think there's a room. There's no room for. Hmm. I, I'm going to say something that sounds absolutely wild. Um, <laughs> but I, I really, it makes me really want to make a game that has some kind of a, an artifact that's created from it. And okay. like, I don't think that a space between is that game. First of all, it's almost done <laughs> and has been for years. Um, and so the really wild thing is maybe I will write another game. <laughs> um, I mean, I have forever been talking about a Blades in the Dark style game about NASA. And yeah. the artifacts there could be you record your conversations with the astronauts. Like every time you call yeah. the astronauts. And so then you get like audio records that you can go back Definitely. and listen to. Yeah. Yeah, the looking at like artifacts that come after a game are really interesting. And there's some games that do it really, really remarkably well. I'm just and and it wouldn't. I don't think it would work for the NASA game. But I'm really now hung up on the idea of artifacts that generate the in, the input for another player's session. Yeah, I feel like I feel like there's something there with solo games. Yeah, yeah. That like some information is being passed back in some way. Like you get some input, and then while you're playing, you generate some artifacts, and then you pass yeah. those artifacts. Like, and because uh, I love that, I love that moment then of you saying, "Hey, friend of mine, I love this game. You should play it. Here's a copy of the book, and here's some artifacts from the last time I played." Yeah, share this experience with me. What if? Okay. What if it was a this is this is either gold or garbage and I don't know which it is. What if you had like a a deck oracle game or like a D100 style oracle game that the questions were replaced by recordings or re- replaced by things getting filled in. Mhm. So like you're playing and in your play session, you fill in slots 35, 20, blah, 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 whatever ones you fill in. And then you change those. Then the next player who plays it also fills in 10, but like erases a couple from it, potentially. So they no longer have, so person three can no longer get your complete story. But they can get part of your story and part of person two stories. Yeah, that's interesting. And then it like builds on until you've got like a story told in pieces. That feels like a ghost. That feels like a ghost one. Yeah, yeah. That's ghosts haunting a house. That's ghosts haunting a house. Yeah, and you're getting little bits of stories. Yeah, from multiple generations of ghosts. Yeah, I like that. I like that too. Hmm. Do you want to write that or not really? I mean, I I can't agree to write anything until I finish my <laughs> one game. Because <laughs> low key, because I I could see I could see writing that. That sounds like it could be a fun one. But I'm gonna pump out that second game so fast. You're not even gonna. 
You're going to blink, the, and there's going to be another that's game. My, that's my method. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly because I'm going to write a Blades in the Dark game, and most of those mechanics are written for me. <laughs> so. Hey, that's that's one of the reasons that people like hacking. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the concept of our podcast? What? <laughs> hey, I I did the rules. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah 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 there's something there i gotta I, yeah i don't know there's there's pieces of that genre that really interest me but yeah i don't i'm not really into animatronic monsters i don't know that's really, fair that's fair that doesn't I, I don't know why i'm into them it's uh maybe just because i can do the voice thing. as well yeah i think there's a good possible they're they're really aimed they're kind of horror for kids i'm not also i'm not into horror either yeah i'm, I'm into horror and I I spent years working with kids, so like, I'm I got a lot of exposure to Five Nights at Freddy before I ever opened it up on a computer. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well. Well, so James, you'll need to let me know if you want to do that generational ghost game. Yeah. Because if not, I will write a generational ghost <laughs> game. <laughs> I don't think that it's my thing. I don't know that it's my thing. I think it's your the thing. ghost thing it either. Or like just it. I mean, thing. up to you, up to you. If you have any interest in it, I, I'll hold off. No, I need to. I need God to, knows I, need I don't need other games on, to write. On finishing uh, a space between. <laughs> Maybe that's my uh, my New Year's resolution. We'll oh. talk about that next time. We'll talk about that next time. Yeah. So speaking of next time, I think we might be at the, you at the end. You can find us next time. You can find us next time. Oh, okay. Um, you can next listen. Time you find us. If you. If you tweeted us at Stop Back and Roll or individually, I'm at and the Beltdowns and Brandon is at Belan Gambetta, uh, we will tell you where you can find the secret audio logs. Uh, it's here on this <laughs> podcast feed. It's these podcasts, but we'll tell you. We'll pretend like it's yeah. a thing. This is Tannis. Uh, you can find all of our episodes in <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, or at www.stopbackandroll.com. I'm still so mad about Tannis. Um, I, I never <laughs> finished Tannis. I never did either. Yeah. Um, we make this podcast with the support of our Patreon backers. People like Riverhouse Games, Stephanie Burt, Magpie Mirror Test, Lieutenant, Greg Walters, Ollie Jeffrey, Finn, Devin Preston, Ryan Asthamer, and Michael Bowman. If you'd like to help support the show and all of our future shows, please check us out at patreon.com slash stophackandroll. If you can't support us financially, support our community by becoming a part of us. Come tell us about the games you're working on. Join our Discord at tinyurl.com slash shrdiscord or discord.stopackandroll.com. We'll be back again a week after next. Until then, keep stop, hacking, and rolling. I don't even think <laughs> that's this is tennis. Tennis. I don't know if it works at all. That's fine. I'll keep all of that in. Perfect. Stop, stop, in, stop hack and roll. Runner available. It's become part of us. <laughs> That's not the script. <laughs> That's <laughs> I was like, It's pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> I did say it wrong, but it's not far <laughs> from what it is. And I'm not going to change it. Just so. become a part of the massive animatronic creature that is stop hack and roll. The yeah. roiling furry beast.